You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 318. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 318. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. I'm feeling silly, baby doll. Yeah, me too. Oh, I felt a little bit, a little bit silly. I, I, I just doing that little intro. I felt like I was going to giggle. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I missed it. I was uh, getting my would you rather ready. Get your would you rather ready. Get my would you rather ready. I, you crack me up so much, and you're in a little bit of a squirrely mood today. I'm a little squirrels. That's yeah. what my that's what my mom would always call it. Squirrely. Yeah, you're a little squirrely. Like <laughs> if I was being silly or like. But it makes sense. So I'm a paranoid nut barrier? <laughs> Who? <laughs> Statistics show. Oh, I knew this fun fact, everybody out there. Fun fact. Let's, let's have it. Everybody ready for this? I'm taking this from Sarah Silverman, brilliant comedian. Comedian. Who has this portion about squirrels in her HBO special. And she says, wait for it. Squirrels only find 20% of the nuts they hide. That's right. And that is how trees are born. <laughs> and it's, uh, <laughs> but it just, for me, it's uh, what I think about is I'm like, that is a horrible ROI. Like you spend all of this time burying yeah. food. You're like, I've got all this food. I'm good to go. Stocked up for the winter. And then it's like, fuck, I can't find it. I can't find it. I can't find yeah. it. Yeah. They're, they're crack addicts. Like two out of like, ten. Nobody wants your fucking acorns. That's right. That's, that's her <laughs> Like, like no one else is after them. Yeah. You're the only one. Like you've got a monopoly on it. Like calm down. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This is actually a self-help podcast, by the way. (laughs) Oh yeah. Uh, (laughs) Squirrel. (laughs) Squirrel. (laughs) Nice. You see what I did there? I totally. Yeah. I brought it back around. Can you hear what we did there? Yeah. I bet you can, a lot of people. (laughs) Like I said, we're a little, we're a little squirrely today. Yes. And we have an awesome topic that I've talked about a few times on the show, and I thought it's time to bring it back because I haven't done it in a couple of years, actually. And it is all about boundary setting. Mm. One of the most hot button topics that people ask me about all the time and typically have the most challenge with, particularly with bosses or in-laws or partners or children even, so we pretty are much g- anybody. pretty much everybody yeah. and anyone. And I'm going to talk to you about how to find where do you need to establish boundaries and my signature three-step process to establishing boundaries <laughs> like a boss. Signature yeah. three-step process. Yes. Yeah. Just, just come on up. Come on up for the three-step process. That's right. Yeah. And three easy steps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Beat that dead horse. We're a little tangenty too. Tonight. That's right. So how about we stick with the with the program here? Yeah. We go with our regular segments. Let's get on topic. Let's do that. Because we have a segment that we like to call. Would you rather? And today, you know what? That that inflection was a little different. I tried to You said we up. like to call. We like to call. Yeah. Instead of we like to call. 
I, oh, is that my usual? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you know, I'm so trying new things. You I'm are. trying new things. You, yeah. So it's risky. <laughs> it's really, it really is. But you know what they say. You gotta risk it to get the biscuit. That's exactly right. You gotta risk it to get the <laughs> and biscuit. And who is they? It's just you. It's just they. It's just you. The general they. Okay, go. Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather have 10,000 US dollars, like hard cold cash, Ooh. or 1 million Bitcoin stock? Oh, I mean, it was 10,000 US? Mm hmm. I think I'm going to go with that one. You're going to go with the with the shirt thing. I am. Bitcoin to me is a complete anomaly, uh, or I should say, enigma. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. I have a hard time with with a lot of economics and things like that. Anyway, in general, sure, yeah. I'm like inflation though. Like how I don't get it. You know, it, yeah. It's it's hard for me to wrap my head around, and and I'm always been more of a safety girl like let's go with what we know let's go with the stable thing let's you know when we we would go to vegas to gamble and I, you love to gamble <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you're like i'm just sitting aside like 300 bucks and i'm like you are guaranteed 300 bucks if you just fucking keep it <laughs> yeah but i i look at it as entertainment money yeah which i can certainly understand yeah. I, I can i can get all that's the way to gamble to be honest like it's entertaining and you have to really stop there. Well, yeah, you know your budget. Yeah, you have to know your budget, of course. Right. But to me, instead of thinking like, ooh, I'm going to win, I think like, I'm going to entertain myself. It takes the pressure off. And if you win, it's a bonus. If you want to give me 300 bucks, I will entertain the fuck out of you. <laughs> <laughs> and how would you do that, per se? Do the pod people want to know? No, they don't want to know. Yeah, but they do. No, that's solicitation. Okay, so All we're right. going to go with the 10,000, uh, the 10K of well, US dollars. And I'm also thinking our listeners over across the pond in New Zealand, mm -hmm. they are really going to rake it in. Oh, because the exchange rate is different? Yeah. Okay. I think. But the, the point still applies of would you rather have the investment of 1 million in Bitcoin, which is very volatile stock, if those of you don't know, it it can changes daily very dramatically. Right. And is it, it's not even like real money or currency. Well, they're trying to make it. I wonder if that was the same thing when people are like, here's this gold coin. Or here's a check. Like, right. no, give me, give me gold bars. <laughs> That's not real money. What do you mean this plastic card? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It well, could like, be. It, it's the next evolution of that, really. I mean, if you're talking to people who buy Bitcoin. And I'm definitely not an early adopter. You're more of that type of a Your risk. brother is more the early adopter. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, I think I'm going to go with the Bitcoin. I'm going to risk it because I'll get the biscuit. You want multiple biscuits. I want a lot of biscuits and a lot of bit biscuits. Is what I'll call them. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep up. I just can't keep up with my husband, everybody. <laughs> what are you going to do, people? Tell Wait. us. We have a little page that we have. What is it called? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you were going to try to take the, the... I was going to try to take it. And what is it? Like, what is it, remember. Mr. Smith? I where, remember. where do you send it? <laughs> it's, on, it's on Facebook. It's... Um, you know, <laughs> now you're pandering. Oh. You're just pandering. Okay. <laughs> my head in shame. So we have a community over on Facebook. Pay attention. It's not like you don't hear it every fucking week. Every week. I tune out right here. <laughs> this is where I play this games on my phone. 
<laughs> so we have an awesome little corner of the internet, and it is our After Hours Facebook community. And right. There you did. Yeah, good job. And all you have to do to join us is go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. It redirects you right over to our Facebook group. And it's an amazing group of people. Everybody is incredibly supportive. I don't think I've ever had to kick anyone out ever. No one sells their shit. I run a tight ship. But we talk about the Would You Rathers every Monday. Mm. And people have to share their reasoning why. Mr. Smith cracks the whip on any type of loopholing that goes on. Yes, I give warm fuzzies to those that deserve it. That's right. We do a warm fuzzy Wednesday, which is always fun. And then on Thursdays, I do a bonus training where I sound off on questions that have come up from the community. So it's a great way to get some laser coaching to meet with like-minded individuals. Again, thejoyjunkie.com slash club. All right. See, that's how you do it, Mr. Smith. Yeah, well, you know, I look and learn. Yes. Listen up. All right. So let's talk about establishing boundaries. This, This is a tricky one. And it's kind of a a broad kind of loaded topic because it'll it depends on who you talk to mm. but i'm i'm going to talk specifically about boundaries as it relates to communication and speaking up for yourself in situations where we typically don't mm. oftentimes it'll be when there's somebody who is an authority figure like a boss or somebody who's older than you like in your family or somebody who you perceive as knowing more or being somebody you should listen to. Like your teenage daughter. <laughs> exactly. They always know more. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Throughout history. I sure as fuck did. Right? I knew more. I than should me. say teenage person. Right. That's true. Boys and girls. Yeah. That's true. But this whole Z Gen, they literally do know more. Like <laughs> so so my best friend was telling me the other day about how she she runs a podcast too. It's called uh, Your Kick Ass Life Podcast, and she bought a new, uh, whole new setup of like a microphone and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and she like just let it sit in the box. Like, oh, there's so much to put together. So her 12 year old's like, how come you haven't put put together your new mic? And she's like, I don't know. Uh, there's too many things, too many boxes, too many hookups. And so she goes, literally, like, goes to go to the bathroom or some shit like that. She comes back, and he's got it all set up for her. (laughs) That's like uh, me programming the VCR for my parents back in the day. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Oh, God. I'm not ready to be that age yet. Okay. So let's talk about how to find the boundaries that you might need to establish in your life. There are two places that you can kind of look. And so I want, as you're listening to this, I want you to think about what this might actually be for you. The first is, what do I constantly or chronically complain about mm-hmm. that, I, that I'm not giving voice to, that I'm not taking action on? Interesting. And now this is very different than venting. This is very different than, oh my God, I'm so furious at my partner. I need to go for a run or I need to beat the shit out of my bed or, you know, punch the punching bag or scribble or journal. I'm not talking about venting emotion. I'm talking about when you chronically complain about your mother-in-law to your partner uh, or your person other than the person that you're having trouble with. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it can be really common when we get ourselves locked into this place of blame where we don't even realize that we're being a chronic complainer without taking action because we feel so validated and vindicated that that person really is shitty 
Mm-hmm. And well, my mother-in-law really is an asshole. So I, <laughs> I'm allowed to complain. But yeah. what we don't realize is all we're doing is locking ourselves into victimhood. Yeah. I'm going to actually link to another pod that I did specifically on blame that I think might be helpful for you if, if you tend to fall into that category. So that's the first place. What do I constantly and chronically complain about? And that's why I put in there chronically and consistently or constantly because it's, it's when it's one off and then you go handle things or it's every once in a while, no big deal. Sure. But it's that repetition over and over again, not taking action. The second is what you kind of spoke to here is everyone else has heard about your feelings about your uncle or everyone else in the department knows how you feel about your boss. (laughs) But the person who really needs to hear it hasn't. And sometimes this even happens with me, like where clients or students share stuff with me or you might share things with your therapist And you're addicted to the process of talking it out Mm -hmm. instead of actually going and taking the brave action. It really does take courageous action to go have a tough conversation, which is what a boundary is. Yeah. So you're going – speaking of what a boundary is, there's going to be various degrees of this depending on the relationship. But essentially what I'm talking about today is that a boundary is simply a fierce choice – and enforcement about what you will no longer tolerate. Hmm. Now, yeah. we have we have physical boundaries, too. Like, here's where I stop and here's where you start kind of thing. You know, we have uh, physical boundaries like that. But what I'm talking about primarily for, for our time today is where are those issues that you specifically stay silent because the conversation is so awkward or uncomfortable or frustrating or that person, you just kind of don't know how to address it? Those are the the situations I want you to think about. So okay. keep keep in mind, are there anything is there anything that goes on in your mind that you uh verbally or even internally chronically complain about or discuss without taking action and or is there somebody else in your life who gets an earful about how you feel except the person who really needs to hear it. Yeah. Okay. Now, I will say before I jump into the the three easy steps to boundary setting. Before I jump into that, I will will say that this is something that I, this is my wheelhouse. Things around communication, controlling your tone, being able to express yourself. This is what I do. And when I describe it to other people, oftentimes I'll say it's twofold. It's the internal piece of actually believing that your voice matters believing that you are worthy of having the things that you want, like a peaceful home environment or a peaceful work environment, that your voice matters. That's the inside job. And then the external piece, which we're talking about today, one of the elements, which is how then, if I do believe that I matter, how do I communicate that with a mother-in-law who wants to feed my children things I don't want them to consume? How does that now translate into the outside world? I've got the inside job, loving myself, belief systems, how do I feel about who I am? But now, how do I engage with everybody in my life? Okay, so what does knowing that your voice matters mean then? If you already have that internal security, isn't that where that matter comes from? Yes, and that's why you typically have to have both of them. Because if you if you're constantly speaking up for yourself, but you don't, you put you're feeling guilty about it all the time because uh, you think you're. So it's the other way around. I got you. You know, uh, or if you 
if you believe that you're valuable, that then creates the effect of, no, I do get to have a voice in this mm-hmm. relationship. No, I don't have to tolerate that from my boss. No, I don't have to deal with my best friend saying okay. that shit anymore. Okay. I, mis- I misunderstood what you said. I got it. So they're, they are uh, – it's not that we now create a dependency on other people. It's now we have the strength to speak up for ourselves. Yes. Because we actually believe in who we are. Got it. But my whole reason of even bringing that up is I do have a completely free workshop that's available for you right now if you're interested in digging deeper. Oh, what's in it? Well, I'm so glad you asked. What's it about? One of the th- – well, many of the things that I see people consistently struggle with is – this notion of people pleasing, everybody else is more important than me. Oh, that's where the the being worthy or exactly I mean, matter comes from, right there. Well, right? it's completely tied together because yeah. what happens is when we silence ourselves over and over and over again, and we say things to ourselves like, "Oh, it's not worth it to rock the boat," or "It's not worth it to open up that can of worms." We have all mm-hmm. these sayings for it, but what we are doing over and over in our subconscious mind is reinforcing this notion that everybody else's wants, opinions, and needs are more important than me. Mm -hmm. That's what that external behavior reinforces for us internally. So if you struggle with people-pleasing, perfectionism, constant self-doubt, being invested in the opinions of others more so than yourself, that is what I do. And if you have not checked out this workshop, I highly encourage you to do so. Simply go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. You'll see the next available viewing. If it doesn't work for you, you can get the replay. It's no biggie. But that would be an amazing next step for you to see why aren't some of the things that I'm trying to implement not working? You know, I've been listening to all these podcast or reading these books or, you know, doing these little small exercises. Why is nothing sticking? And so I talk a lot in that workshop about subconscious mind and the conscious mind and how there is a disconnect and it's called cognitive dissonance. Right. But if you are listening to this and you're going, holy shit, I need so much more. I need so much more help. I Not only in speaking up for myself, but also believing that I'm worthy and enough Please go watch this workshop and then you'll have the opportunity to book a a call if you want to take it further and see about working with me. And uh, yeah, so the worst thing that happens is you you learn a shit ton of stuff. (laughs) So thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Link in the show notes as well. So let's talk about the three steps to actually establishing a boundary. Sorry, rub my hands. Ooh, sound effects. Sound effects in full effect. (laughs) Now, after you've done sort of that that little inventory and you've looked at where where are these instances for me, where do I constantly silence myself to make somebody else happy or to, to not rock the boat, right? These are the three steps, and I'm going to dig into each of them. The first one is decide. The second one is deliver. The third one is enforce. Decide, deliver, enforce. Okay, so what does that mean? So number one, we're going to decide on the boundary. Now, this, what this is truly about is getting really clear about exactly what you are requesting from the other person. Okay. So let's take the example that I use all the time, which is, I always use parenting examples, even though I'm not one, but it's just something that I hear frequently. You're a parent, You're a parent of all these lovely people on your podcast. Oh my gosh. In some way. They, well, I, I don't want to belittle what parenting really is, you know, because <laughs> let's be honest, I'm not cleaning up throw up in the middle of the night. 
So, well, actually, I was gonna no, say, like, you have a 15 year old uh, elderly dog. Oh, that's you, true. You do. That's true. Mm-hmm. All right. So being really laser sharp, crystal clear about what you are requesting from the other person. Let's say it's the situation where you're, you have children and your in-laws watch your children sometimes and you have asked them repeatedly to only feed them specific types of food. And you don't want anything that has artificial flavors in it. You don't want high fructose corn syrup. Like there, you might have a litany of here are the things we do not want our children to consume, right? right. It's your call. That is very specific, right? Versus something like saying to your in-laws, I really just need you to respect our choices a little bit more. That is incredibly vague. It's like, well, I don't, I don't know how, what that really means. Right. Give them some higher quality food. Like that could mean a lot of things. Perfect example. Please feed them healthier options. Yeah. That doesn't, okay, that's completely relative depending on what you're used to eating. Right. Right? Right. So getting very, very crystal clear and specific and quantifiable, meaning that you could kind of do a checklist of, yes, they have followed it. No, they have not in a real linear way. Now, the other thing that you're going to decide on is you're going to decide your approach. Now, this is completely dependent on the person. Now, if we take a, let's say, a, a real intimate partnership like you and I, Oh, we're intimate? We are. (laughs) Since 1997? Since 1997. I would obviously approach you in a very different way, like much more vulnerable. And, you know, I would say something like, hey, there's really been some stuff on my mind. I really want to talk to you about this. Here's what's really hard for me. You know, and I would be a lot softer about it. Now, if it is a stranger who is accosting me or saying things that are unacceptable, then my boundary gets to be much more firm. And and I don't need to be in a discussion with that person. I'm not collaborating. I'm not trying to keep a really harmonious relationship. And then there's going to be sliding scales all in between there. Absolutely. Right? So if it's somebody who I don't know, I'm going to say, please don't speak to me like that. Or, you know, the age-old pregnant person who the stranger wants to rub your rub your belly which is incredibly rude and without consent, those situations, it might have to be a bit more, bit more curt. Like, I'm sure you don't mean to offend, but please don't touch my body. Yeah. Right. You might have to be a little bit more abrupt and then you can turn around and leave. It's not like up for discussion. Right. Versus a relationship that you actually want to progress the connection therein, or that you need to preserve it for some, in some way, like a boss, right? Like you need to like con- a boss, like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be able to work with them continually. Mm, yes. So you can't. You really want to choose. How do I want to go about this? What is my delivery, and what do I ultimately want from this relationship? Now, there are a whole slew of family dynamics that fall kind of in the middle that are oftentimes about how can I simply tolerate this person, Mm, right? right. Like, what do I need to do in order to make my life easier at family functions, etc.? But what you have to realize is, again, every time you're quiet, there's a cost to that. There's a cost to your own sanity. And energetically, it gets stuck in your body. Like all that anger, all that frustration, you see that shit all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, like where it gets 
lodged and kind of atrophied in the body. So deciding, deciding about a real, clear, specific request. And oftentimes I will say, so here's, here is what I'm asking, or here is my request, you know, as I'm delivering it. But again, keep in mind also deciding on what your approach is going to be. Then we go into the deliver. Now, I'm also going to link to Tough Conversations because I've done a couple of other podcasts about communication. I think I'm going to link to those as well because I talk a lot about like ways to go into a challenging conversation, asking yes. for times to talk, et cetera. But this, it, the delivery is quite simply where you say what you need to say, but you do it with grace and kindness. I'm also going to link to a pod that we just recently did about controlling your tone of voice. Because that piece is incredibly huge. A lot, of, a lot of times we think, oh, I'm being really crystal clear, but we're saying it in a way that the other person is so on the defense because they're like, oh my God, she's pissed or he's pissed or he's coming down on me or whatever, that they are automatically thinking about retaliation. Yeah. Clause the message. They're, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're not prepared to hear you. So watch your tone. Ask for the time to talk hey, there's some things I want to run by you, or I'd really like to get your thoughts on things, or there's some stuff I've been mulling over that I really would like to share with you. When do you have some time? Please don't catch them off guard. That is almost always a recipe for disaster. Softly start up. One of the easiest ways to go into a boundary is to just thank the person for being willing to chat. Sure. Thank you so much for talking to me about this. And and one of the things that I tell people to do is to own how you've been feeling. Own that you've been nervous all day to have this conversation or own that you've been really wanting to make sure that you say this the right way. So you could say it in uh, something like, gosh, I've been so nervous to talk to you about this today because truly I just want to get this right. Yeah. You know, I care so much about our relationship and I I just want to, I, my last my last thing that I would ever want is for you to feel this, right? Like, so you can preemptively kind of say that. Now, that would be obviously if you're a little bit more close to that person. And if you really meant it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Otherwise, it sounds like just a Bangering. big bunch of, yeah, yeah, bullshit. But to be able to, to say something like, hey, you know, I'm sure it's not your intention. That's one of the other tools I'll use is assumption of intent, a positive intent. Like, I assume you're not trying to be overbearing with the kids or and, – and you can also own your shit by saying, you know, I realize maybe I wasn't clear in how big of a deal this is to us. I'm sure being the way that, that you, you have always eaten and how you view, viewed food, it's never been nearly as big of a deal to you as it is to us. And so here's our request. Please, when the kids are with you, know – this, 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 this. Here are the things that are acceptable. I'm happy to make a list for you. Please know I'm not trying to be overbearing or anything like that. I'm just genuinely trying to take care of my children the best way I can. And and then you decide, you know, deal with how they come back with it. You know, they, if you go in really defensive, it's likely that they're going to make you wrong. They're going to mimic that defense. 
and they're going to say things like, that's ridiculous. Why are you into all that hippy-dippy bullshit? Or I didn't eat like that, and I turned out just fine. And you're thinking like, yeah, right. Right? (laughs) Yeah. But if you go in defensive, it's more likely that you're going to elicit that same response. Yeah. But if you go in soft and just say, listen, you don't even have to get it. I'm sure it seems really silly to you. I don't ask that you agree with it. I just ask that you respect it. That's all. That's great. I truly hope that you can understand. I I would think that most people, if you approach them that way, are going to be a little bit more open to it. It really depends. But yes, you're right. You up your chances that they actually – exactly. Idea, right. That they'll hear you. And I can't tell you how many students that I have had go through Deep Down and Dirty that have changed their dynamics in their relationship simply by how they change their approach to their their Ah, partner. And instead of going into things – really combative, ready to fight. They go in softly. They refuse to to take the bait. And it completely changes the entire dynamic. Yeah. We naturally mimic. We naturally – have you ever been where you hang out with somebody who's from a different country and <laughs> all of a sudden you – or even different part of the country and you want to sort of adopt their accent? Yeah, all we, the time. We <laughs> we do the same thing with emotion. We naturally want to emulate or mimic emotion. That's why when somebody comes at you really fierce and like, fuck you, your instinct is like, no, fuck you. You know, yeah, you yeah. kind of have that same except, mirrored response. Except if you're driving and someone's slow. You never go, oh, you know what? I should go slower. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're not necessarily eliciting a strong a emotion. It's right? just a joke. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just let it go, babe. Just let it go. <laughs> no explanation needed. All right. So we've got number one, decide on the boundary and also decide on your approach. Number two, you deliver it and you tell the person exactly what you need to say and you do so with grace and kindness. Another tip here is to write it out. Write out what you want to say. That's great. I know it seems cumbersome, but it can be so incredibly helpful in preemptively getting ahead of anything that you might see kind of coming down the pipeline so that you can kind of go, oh, if they say this, then I want to be this way, or here's how I want to behave no matter what. And rehearse it. You know, I tell people, bring bring your notes with you, like write it out and then take it with you and say I really wanted to make sure that I didn't fly off the handle. I really wanted to make sure that I approached you the most loving way I could. So I know it's nerdy, but I wrote it out. Yeah. Super. I mean, if somebody was like, wow, you cared that much? I'd be, some thought, yeah. I'd be like, wow, okay, cool. Set yourself up for success. You don't have to be a fucking hero. All right. So number <laughs> three is enforce. Here's what you need to be prepared with. And this is something I see with my students a lot. People are used to the non-powerful version of you. They are used to the people-pleaser version of you. And the people who tend to be takers will be taken off guard by your power, by your boundary. Yeah. Obviously, there's a massive sliding scale between people who are super receptive and people who are not at all receptive. Depending on the, the how your relationship has been up until this point, it is highly likely you are going to have to repeat that boundary over and over again. Absolutely. Yeah. Most people aren't prepared for that. They, they've gotten themselves all worked up. They're all powerful and all pumped. And they go deliver the boundary and they're like, woo, so proud of myself. And my work here is done. <laughs> and then mother-in-law, t- bring some shitty food for your kids. 
or takes them to church and you said, please don't do that. Or somebody at work ignored your request for the TPS reports. Uh, or whatever it happened to be, and you have to repeat yourself. That's when it sounds something like, hey, mother-in-law, I don't know if if I was... Should you say it like that? Or should you say their name? Hey, mother-in-law. No, of course. Of course. Call them what you uh, call them. Uh, I have some things to say. Uh, M-I-L? Um, yeah. So you would say something like, you know that conversation we had the other week about about what the kids are eating. I really, really meant that. I hope I came across that that was incredibly serious to me. But Jaden mentioned that you, I'm trying to think of the kids' name these days, Brayden and Jaden and Ashlyn (laughs) told me that, or mentioned that they had X, Y, or Z over at your house. And I'm sure you're not intending but after I just expressed to you how important that was, it feels like a blatant disregard for what, how we want to raise the kids. So I'm asking you again to please refrain from these items. Can you commit to that for me? Or can you? It, what are your thoughts? Can you you know bounce it over to them to see if there's any reason why they are being that blatantly disrespectful? Yeah. Now, you have to decide internally, how many times am I going to do this? How many times am I going to reiterate a boundary before I draw a line in the sand? Mm. Now, I don't think you need to ultimatum from the beginning. Absolutely not. Right. But I think you need to think about it. I think you need to think about, okay, if if this continues to happen, what am I or am I not willing to do? Mm. Am I willing to say the kids aren't coming over anymore? Am I willing to go get new babysitters if if the in-laws can't do it? Are, what am I actually willing to bend on? Yeah, it's pretty big. And they're not always easy. Yeah, no. I mean, that's kind of the point. That's why you avoid it in the first place. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so you do not need an ultimatum right away, but start thinking about it because it might end up being something where you say, I have asked you this repeatedly and you say it just like this with grace and kindness. Over and over again, you have shown me that you just have no interest in respecting how we've chosen to parent and what we want the kids to consume. For that reason, we are no longer going to have them come over anymore. But what I would probably do is a warning before that and say, listen, if it happens again, I really hate to do this, but we're going to have to have only supervised visits with the kids. We can't leave them over there anymore. It's just too big of a deal to us. Sometimes and you have to show people that you're that serious. That's right. Because people think, well, they said that, but... They don't really mean it. Right. And and they'll test it. what are it. they going to do? Exactly. Right. And especially if they think they know better than you, mm-hmm. they will say, like, well, that's stupid. She'll get over it. She'll change her mind. He yep. doesn't mean it. He, oh, he's a pushover. He never sticks to anything. Right. Which is probably true in the past. It could right? have been, mm-hmm. Right. So I, I'm sure you've all heard the phrase of, like, you teach people how to treat you. Yeah. I think it's really you teach people how to treat you by what you choose to tolerate. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't speak up, the natural thought process is, well, if it was that big of a deal, she would have said something. Yep. And if you keep rolling over on it and you never bring it up again, it's like, oh, she didn't mean it. She didn't really mean it. You have to keep that in mind. And sometimes it's just principle alone. It's that. No, you need, I don't care who we are in relation to one another. If we do not have a mutual respect for one another, 
I, I, I don't have interest in this, you know, and I'm not saying to deliver that to them, but I'm saying to keep that in your mind of you that just helps you decide whether or not you're going to take those drastic measures. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you have to weigh out all of the, the pros, the cons, the issues, you know, what am I willing to do and not willing to do? But it could be, you know, an adult child asking them to move out of the house over and over again. I need to see a job by this date. You need to maintain it for six months. If you want to stay here, I need this much in rent. There needs to be definitive boundaries. If you can't, we're going to ask you to leave. And then are you willing to have a police escort? Are you willing to have them kicked out of the house? Wow, yeah. You know, like that gets really, really sticky. I think there are a lot of other steps, though, that you you can take prior. Absolutely. Again. You're just showing, you know, that you have to be serious about your boundaries. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I mean, with, with my parents growing up, I knew every threat. They didn't mean it. They never followed through. I was thinking about that when you were having this conversation, actually. Really? With Billy, yeah. Well, especially my my baby brother, who was quite the hellion of the three of us. And we, but even even little things, like if they would say, like, you need to clean your room or you're not going to youth group. I knew very well that I was going to youth group. Right, right. So I would just decide if I wanted to clean or not. Right. And then we would go to youth group. So it was it was idle threats. And that is not how you enforce the boundary. You have to follow through on it. In fact, I had a, a a gal who I used to work with in cosmetics years and years ago. And she and I have this is so incredibly hard to do, and I can't believe that she was able to do this. And as a parent with her daughter, she they as they would go into any store, she would go hands, and her daughter would like immediately put her hands behind her back. And anytime she would start to like mess around with stuff and run around, she was like, all right, we're leaving. And she followed through every fucking time. I don't think that's realistic for everybody when you're like, I have to just get this fucking spaghetti sauce for tonight. You know, you, but that teaches kids right up there. Like, nope, mom's not caving. Right. Right. And obviously take that with a grain of salt. I don't know what that's like to parent. I (laughs) just seems incredibly challenging to me. But again, it just confirms that if you give people wiggle room now as an adult, they will take it. You know, there's that great quote by Irma Kurtz, I believe, that says, givers must set limits because takers rarely do. Mm. Wow. That's that's powerful. If somebody is a natural taker, they're going to keep doing it. So it's up. They're not going to stand up for your boundaries. Right. You need to. All right. So quick little recap. How to find the areas where you might need to establish boundaries. Number one, what do I constantly or chronically complain about? And number two, has everyone else heard about how I feel except for the right person? And nail down what that is for you. And then the three steps to establishing a boundary, deciding on it, being really clear, and also deciding on how you want to approach it. And number two, delivering the boundary, actually getting it out with the utmost grace and kindness. And number three, being ready to enforce the boundary mm-hmm. and reiterating, hey, remember when we talked about this? Yeah, I meant it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, hashtag meant it. Hashtag meant it. Anything else you want to throw in the mix before we end? Hmm. No. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> And for those of you who are like, oh my gosh, I love the idea of this. I can't even imagine getting to that point. 
please go watch that workshop. Yeah. I think it'll change a lot of your perspective about things. And and that's what I hear all the time from my students. Everyone who comes in to Deep Down and Dirty, which is my primary program, everybody who comes in is scared shitless and they can't believe that they could actually get to a point where they really truly speak up for themselves. Yeah. And and oh my God. And then by the end, they're doing it and they're like boundaried up and they're confident and loving life. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. So again, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. All right. So we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Ms. Smith, out.